Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. All rise. Is it legal to a regular look at the legal system and you, a special production of the Missouri Bar? I'm Bob Pretty. And I'm Farrah Fight. A few months ago, we discussed expungement. That's a fancy word for erase. In this case, we talked about a potential change in the law letting some Missourians erase their criminal records. And since then, that law has gone into effect and there have even been updates. So we're here today with Scott Pearson of the law firm of Twibel and Pearson in Springfield. He's a criminal defense attorney and former public defender. Scott, welcome to Is It Legal Too? Thanks for having me. We spoke with former Representative Jay Barnes about expungement laws in Missouri and how in 2017 they went from just maybe a handful of offenses that could be expunged to hundreds, if not maybe thousands. So we wanted to talk to you today about how that expungement process works. And can you start off by just helping refresh our memories of what is expungement and what is that law here in Missouri? So Missouri actually has four expungement laws, and the big expungement law that we're talking about that's been expanded is 610.140, which went from 13 offenses to over 1,900 offenses eligible for expungement. There's also a DWI expungement law, as well as arrest expungement law, which is 610.122, and then there's a minor in possession expungement law that's specific just for instances where an individual has a minor in possession. The laws really expanded and what expungement really is is the sealing of a criminal record or the elimination of a criminal record. Uh, in the past, individuals usually have to answer three questions. Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever pled guilty? And have you ever been convicted of a crime? And the answer to those questions, if you've ever pled guilty to anything, has usually been yes to all three of those. Expungement turns that around, allows you to go back in time to the position you held before the arrest and restore your rights and go through the process of being able to say, have you ever been arrested? No. Have you ever pled guilty? No. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? No. When you mentioned expungement is sealing, we mentioned the word erase because I think a lot of people think of expungement as erasing. So are your records actually destroyed or are they just sealed and tucked away somewhere? I think probably for 610.140, the best way to say it is sealed, uh, is that they are sealed and tucked away. So with CaseNet and with court security and the clerk's offices throughout the state of Missouri, they have different security levels. Now, the expungement, the case that gets expunged, that's going to go up to a security level nine, which very only very few people are going to have access to it and require a court order to open that back up. The actual expungement itself is going to be changed to a security level five, and that's in accordance with the OSCA rules in regards to how to go ahead and administer uh, the expungement itself. It's also important to note that the parties that have been the defendants or the, you know, that you've been asking the, the records to be expunged, they're also allowed to keep records of who has had expungements because there's a limitation on to how many expungements you can have. Are those records public? They're not public. Okay, so I can't find out if, if my neighbor has had something expunged. No, no, no. That's the whole point of the law, so, you know, that you can't find that out. I like to make sure we understand what some acronyms sometimes mean. So OSCA, you mentioned, that's the Office of State Courts Administration. Right? Exactly correct. And that's those are the people that make the rules? Yes. For? For us, everybody, for how the courts are administered. Okay. Uh, they, they set the guidelines for how the rules and regulations from coming from the legislature are going to be administered within the courts. Now, let's define crime. So we're talk we know exactly what we're talking about in terms of what people can get expunged. I like to kind of classify it into four different categories when talking about expungement under 610.140. Uh, 
First of all, there's felony offenses. And a lot of felony offenses are eligible for expungement, but not all of them. The second category of felony expenses is drug offenses itself. I believe the legislator, when they went ahead and they put this law into effect, they're intended for drug offenses to become readily available for expungement. And that's exactly what they did. The only drug offense that's not eligible for expungement is a felony trafficking. So everything else, unless you're Pablo Escobar, you're going to be able to go back and expunge your previous drug offense as long as you've only had one drug offense. The second issue that is, or excuse me, the kind of the second category, but the third issue is going to be misdemeanor expungement in general, which the general rule that I tell my clients is that almost all misdemeanors are eligible for expungement. There's exceptions to that, but in general, the if you have a misdemeanor conviction, you can go back and you can expunge that. Within the misdemeanor expungement, there's also two categories. The first is crimes that are punishable with a jail sentence. You can only expunge two of those. And then there's crimes where it's only an infraction. And you can expunge an unlimited number of those. If you look at currently the what's just happened in Missouri with uh, kind of the decriminalization of marijuana, you have now an infraction marijuana offense that didn't previously exist. So theoretically, you could have a person that picks up a ton of these infraction marijuana offenses, which is a class D misdemeanor, class E misdemeanor, and they are going to be able to expunge an infinite number of those under this current expungement law, uh, depending on how it works out in their case. Is it fair to say that the offenses that can be expunged under the law that took effect in 2017 and now the updates to it um, that took effect in August of 2019 are primarily nonviolent offenses? Yes, I would say that's the that, that's the case. It's mostly nonviolent offenses. The only assault-esque offense that's eligible for expungement is a misdemeanor common assault, which would be eligible. But besides that, it's a weapons offense, a weapon an offense that has serious bodily injury, and of course, a offense that involves death of any kind is traditionally not going to be eligible for expungement. How about sex offenses? Not going to be eligible for expungement. So I think those are five sixty-five offenses. But any offense in which you have to register as a sex offender, uh, the 610.140 is very clear. You're not going to be eligible uh, for expungement. Now, the numbers you're talking about are the numbers for the state statutes. Yeah. If and that, people go to the statute books, that's where they look at the section. It, that's, and, that, and that's true. And I maybe shouldn't speak like that. I'm used to speaking with lawyers about it and, taking <laughs> them and saying, hey, this is what you want to look at. But yes, correct. Sex offenses in general are just not going to be eligible for expungement. If you have to register as a sex offender, some misdemeanors require sex offender registration. You're not going to be eligible for expungement. I remember some time ago listening to some debate in the, in the legislature when they were talking about various sex offenses. And they were talking about uh, the problem of, of a couple of young people who are found fooling around in the backseat of a car. And one of them gets arrested and they then have a sex offense hanging over them for the rest of their lives. Is that something that can be expunged? No. There could be a total another podcast about the status of sex cases in the state of Missouri. In fact, they just recently changed the sex offender registration law in Missouri to more closely parallel the federal law. And there's actually now avenues to get off the sex offender registration in Missouri where they hadn't previously been able to do that. When somebody comes to you, for example, and asks you to start an expungement effort, why do they want that? Myriad of reasons. I, I, the first thing I usually start off with is pride. People don't want to have that scarlet letter of being a convicted felon or being convicted of crimes. The second reason is jobs. People want to be able to go forward and be able to progress in their employment. A lot of the clients that I have are people who have good jobs, but they just can't move up that next rung in the ladder. 
And then the third reason, I practice in Southwest Missouri. So guns is a very, very big reason that people want to be able to restore their gun rights. And we have actually very difficult conversations about what the limitations, even with an expungement, are going to be on those gun rights going forward. When you talked with Representative Barnes, he alluded that part of the intention of the legislature when they passed it was to restore rights, including Second Amendment rights. So the right to be sportsmen and go hunting, you know, teach a grandchild how to hunt. And he said that that was the intention, but I didn't know if that was how it was actually implementing or worked. That's a really good argument that's going to be litigated. This is what I tell my clients in regards to gun rights. You have the right, I believe, after you go through the expungement process to possess a firearm, but your ability to pass a federal background check is going to be somewhat limited. And the reason for that is the NCIC, the FBI, keeps a separate background check that you have to go through in order to get a firearm and be able to pass a federal firearm background check. Now, the expungement law does state that the Missouri State Highway Patrol, upon receiving the order for expungement, is supposed to forward that to the FBI. But there's no real thing that the FBI has to do with it. And Missouri's expungement law, it's, it's kind of, as we talked about at the very beginning, it's kind of sealing a record and not truly eliminating a record. And the federal government doesn't like that. It doesn't like to consider that a true expungement. It's kind of ex considered expungement light. And that brings up a question. Has somebody's rights truly been restored completely? I agree. I actually really enjoyed your podcast, and specifically when Representative Barnes was talking about the issue with gun rights and that the intent was to restore individuals' gun rights. I think that's going to be an important factor going forward. And subsection 8 of 610.140 does say that all rights are restored, but then there's other sections that indicate you still have to disclose. Specifically for firearm permits, you still have to disclose underneath the statute for that uh, you've had a previous conviction. So that there's some contradiction in the statutes that need to get worked out. And that's probably why every single time the legislators met, they have amended this statute. It's a work in progress. They're trying to perfect it. This year, what were some of the types of offenses that were added to that list of 1,900? So I think drug offenses is the biggest thing, but I think the second biggest thing is stealing offenses. And that's the biggest thing that needed to become eligible for expungement. No scarlet letter prevents employment more than a stealing offense. You, If you're an employer, you see somebody has a stealing offense, you don't want to hire them. Even if it's just a misdemeanor stealing offense way back in the past, now stealing offenses are become eligible for expungement. That opens the doors to, I think, thousands, if not tens of thousands of people to go through this expungement process and get that taken off of their record. Also, fraudulent use of a credit device has become eligible. Uh, possession of forgery instruments has become available for. What do those include? <laughs> Pens. <laughs> the it could be like a credit card swiper or something of that nature. But yeah, it, it depends. I, I'm I'm interested to see it. That's stealing offenses, probably tens of thousands. Uh, possession of a forgery instrument, maybe tens. Uh, you know, not not going to apply to a lot of people. And then property damage over seven hundred fifty dollars also became eligible for expungement, which that actually will uh, apply to quite a bit of people. That's felony property damage is now expungible. That's also going to affect quite a bit of people. Some of the, some of the questions we're going to ask you probably are rehashes of questions we asked Jay earlier. 
Now, you mentioned very early on DWI offenses is one thing that can be expunged. Correct. And that's are, there, are there limits? Yes. So you can only get a first offense DWI expunged, and it's from 10 years from the date of the plea of guilty. So if you pled guilty back in 2009 to a DWI expungement, you can go back and get that done. You also can't have any other alcohol-related offenses. However, you could have been very, very bad during that time period, that 10-year time period, picked up other crimes, everything to that nature, and still be eligible for DWI expungement because it's specifically looking for alcohol-related offenses. It also doesn't have that moral clause that's in the 610.140 that says, like, for the benefit of uh, the people of Missouri and that the person shows that they're no longer a threat or anything to that nature. That doesn't exist in the DWI expungement statute. So can I get my DWI expunged at the same time I'm getting some other crime expunged? Yes. So what I would do is I file a multi-count petition. I'll do one count under 610.140, and then I'll do one count under 610.130, There's and that's the DWI expungement. And that process can go very smoothly. I do that for a lot of clients. So I have a lot of people who come in saying, hey, I want to get this misdemeanor expunged. I want to get my DWI expunged, or I want to get this felony expunged. And the nice thing is that DWI expungement doesn't count toward any of your two misdemeanors that you're doing under 610.140. So you can actually get three misdemeanors expunged in that situation. Talking about your potential clients for expungement, if I were a potential client coming in and sat down with you, can you walk me through what to expect in that process? Yeah, I have a three-step checklist that I go through all of my, with all my clients. First thing I check is, is the offense itself eligible for expungement? We're going to have a conversation about that. What exactly did you plead guilty to? A lot of times people think they pled guilty to one thing, but they actually pled guilty to something else. And that's something that we have to look at. The second thing that we're going to look at is, has the time requirement been met? So has it been enough time for you to be eligible for expungement? And then the third thing is going to be that we're looking, is it in your best interest to go through the expungement process? I have clients that come in often, and I also, for the clinics that I work with, that I tell them, I don't think expungement is the best use of your resources going forward because what you need, expunging one of your five felonies doesn't make sense, you know, what we, you know, unless there's a reason to do so. So we, we have that consultation with clients saying just because you can expunge something doesn't mean it's in your best interest. Are there examples of someone's listening to this and they say, oh, I remember I did something in my youth but they're doing well otherwise in life, Is do you think they should take the time to go have it expunged? It just depends. The one thing I would say, if you have a DWI expungement, you should do a DWI expungement because DWIs will follow you for the rest of your life. And if once you pick up that second one, you're never going to be eligible to do that expungement. I would also say, depending on what the offense was, before we, we turned on the podcast, we talked about the fact I have a peace disturbance from when I was in college. I haven't gone back and expunged it. It causes me no issues. I'm obviously not afraid of it. It just is what it is. And, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to use resources to go through and do that expungement process because it's not preventing me from doing anything. Now, if it's a felony, always go back and get that expunged. There is no, if you have the ability to get a felony expunged, you don't know when that's going to cause issues, but more than likely it's going to cause issues somewhere down the road. It could be a red flag to someone at some point in your life. Absolutely. So it can cause red flags in regards to employment, in regards to business loans, student loans, in regards to you know, housing, all those things. It can cause red flags. And then just in general, it's just the stigma attached to it. And then you want to have the ability to get your rights restored. The, the, the restoration of rights is you know, the ultimate hope. You know, the idea that I've gone through, I've paid for my crimes, and now all my rights are restored. 
And I mean, I've had clients cry when they've got the expungement done because they feel like just such stress has been left over them. I've had them bring their family in and had like a celebration to say, hey, I'm no longer a felon. That's phenomenal. And that's one of the reasons I do this. It's my favorite part about being a criminal attorney because usually I get people on the bad end when things are going really bad for them and we're trying to put them back together really quickly to get them ready for the case, get them ready to be under government control. Well, this is about finding people in the best who've been doing really, really well and being able to shed a past criminal history. And it's just a completely different feeling than I have than situations where somebody might be looking at prison time or looking at jail time or, or probation. This sounds like a good time for a segment we call Legalese with retired Supreme Court Judge Mike Wolf. Legalese, that means we ask Judge Wolf to translate the lawyer's language into common English. Judge? Legalese. When I was appointed to the Supreme Court of Missouri 23 years ago, my mother gave me a piece of advice I had come to expect from her Irish Catholic upbringing. Michael, she said, be nice to the criminals. That may sound strange in an era when we have placed great emphasis on punishing criminals. Can we punish a person who commits a crime? Can we obtain justice for the victim? And at the same time recognize the dignity and humanity of the criminal? Can we as a society eventually forgive and forget many of those who have done wrong? Anyone who has raised a child knows about forgiveness and redemption. The key lesson is that few of us should be defined for our entire lives by the worst thing we have ever done. When we did our first podcast on this subject many months ago, we likened expungement to a legal eraser. Expungement erases the evidence of the crime. Expungement means that if enough time has passed and if you have lived a good life, the law may allow you to ask the court to expunge or erase your conviction, guilty plea, or arrest. To be perfectly accurate, expungement in Missouri involves sealing records rather than erasing them. Expungement is not forgiveness because you are required to undergo the punishment you receive for your offense. But expungement limits the time you will have to endure the public humiliation and economic suffering that goes along with your punishment. In the age of the Internet, this is important because the World Wide Web has a long memory. After we have paid our debt to society, to use the old phrase, we want society to forget about us, or at least forget about our offenses. Some societies in Europe, South America, and elsewhere recognize a, quote, right to be forgotten. That is, the right to have certain information about you deleted from the public record, so that you do not have to endure permanently the embarrassment or humiliation that the information represents. This makes sense, as many people know from their experiences and families. Family members often remember misdeeds long after it is reasonable to have forgotten them. Family reunions or school reunions often involve reviving memories that are best left unremembered. The law cannot fix those things, but it can limit the ability of outsiders to torture us with tales that limit our ability to get a fresh start in life. Arrests, guilty pleas, convictions disqualify us from certain occupations and gaining employment generally more difficult than it is for those without criminal records. Unexpunged, these records hamper the ability of a person to get an education, find a job, pursue a profession, borrow money, or obtain certain governmental benefits long after they have paid that debt to society. Our podcast today reflects new laws on expungement, laws that have significantly expanded the numbers and kinds of offenses we as a society can agree to forget. I expect that in the future we will have more podcasts on this subject as the legislature, which is the policymaker of our society, broadens the kinds of offenses we can collectively forget, and I hope makes the process easier. While other societies recognize a right to be forgotten, 
Expungement in the United States is not a right, but a granting of grace, grace that must be earned. Our American society rightly prides itself as a land of opportunity, and the grace of expungement grants opportunity to those who have fallen and have shown that they have earned another chance. But getting the grace of expungement, unfortunately, is not easy in Missouri. The UMKC Law School's Clean My Record project has found that in 2019, only 135 criminal records were expunged in Missouri. State records show that 1.3 million to 1.8 million Missourians have criminal records of some sort, or nearly one half of the 3.7 million adults who reside in this state. Recent Missouri legislation has moved the time period required for a clean slate from seven years to three years for felonies that can be expunged. And by the way, some very serious felonies are not eligible for expungement and one year for misdemeanors, those minor offenses, including traffic. While the requirements are less burdensome than in previous years, the process of getting expungement remains complicated, and very few Missourians feel they are able to do so without hiring a lawyer. Our state has an advocacy group called the Missouri Clean Slate Coalition that is seeking legislation to make the process simpler and less costly. Some states, for example, provide for automatic expungement for many minor offenses, And in other states, the process for applying for expungement is simple and streamlined so that those with criminal records can get expungement without having to hire a lawyer. This makes sense because oftentimes those who most need to have their criminal records wiped clean for employment are those who are least able to afford a lawyer. Advocates who seek to make this act of grace more readily available have their work cut out for them in the Missouri legislature. After Missourians have paid their debt to society, Most have to pay again for a lawyer to wipe the slate clean. Yet our state constitution expresses the very high ideal that justice is not for sale. The legislature can embody that ideal in the concept of expungement so that many more Missourians with criminal records can be granted life-changing grace without further payment. This is Mike Wolf, one who can forget and forgive. Thank you. Legalese. How many of these cases have you had? I've done myself privately about 80 expungements. And then with a, in Kansas City and both in Springfield, I've helped with some clinics. I've done quite a bit of expungements for those as well. Does the state court administrator's office compile any statistics on how many expungements have been processed in the state? I know they can't tell names, but I'm just interested how many might, there might have been. I bet they do, and I don't, but I don't know the answer to that. And I know that in, one of the things that's really tough about this law is it's designed theoretically to be done pro se. It's just not possible to do a pro se. It's, there's too much. I have attorneys who are going through the process and trying to do it for their own family members who mess it up. And we have to go back and resurrect it to make sure that everything's okay. It's really important to note that if you mess up, uh, you can't file it again for a year if your petition gets dismissed. So that's the kind of things that we're dealing with is that it's supposed to be easy, but it's not really user friendly. I advise people who don't have the financial need to check with their local bar associations to see if there's any clinics that can assist them in going through the expungement process. I know down in Springfield, if you contact the Springfield Metropolitan Bar Association, our clinic with Legal Services of Southwest Missouri gets you an attorney, no cost to you if you meet the financial guidelines, to walk you through the entire expungement process, including being at your hearing. And in Kansas City, they're doing something very similar. And that's called the Clean Slate Clinic, is that right? That's a Clean Slate Clinic, correct. Now, you're a former public defender. Yes, I am. And you know how overworked public defenders are these days. Yes. But is this something a public defender could do for someone who doesn't have resources? No. So the 
public defenders do not handle any civil actions. And this is theoretically a civil action. So that includes people's driving records to, you know, to expungements. And so they can advise them and it needs to be part of their paradigm and how they're resolving cases, but it's not something that they can do. And sadly, you know, to be completely honest, throwing this on the public defender's plate would be, uh, to say the very least, unfair. I know the court created a form that's available to the public. If someone looks at that form, I know that you just mentioned that even lawyers sometimes have difficulty going through this and getting it right the first time. What would you say to those who maybe can't afford it or want to try it on their own? Is there additional advice that you would give them? Make sure you list every single agency that you believe might have record of your crime any Missouri agency. And so these are the agencies that want to make sure that you include in the petition. One, you have to include the Missouri State Highway Patrol because they keep the central registry for all crimes in Missouri. So if you don't include them, there is no effect of your expungement. Then you have to make sure that you include your arresting agency. So a lot of times you might get arrested by a municipality. Uh, Let's say we're here in Branson right now. So let's say you get arrested by the Branson PD. They're probably going to then take you over to the Taney County Sheriff's Department, uh, their jail. And you're going to be booked in their jail as well. So you're going to want to make sure that you put the Taney County Sheriff's Department as a necessary party. Then you're going to have to make sure that you include the prosecutors because that's a necessary party pursuant to the statute. Then you're going to also understand that the court itself has record of it. So you're going to have to notice up the court. Then on the back end, which is where a lot of people don't do this, is that you're probably on probation, right? And so that's the most likely outcome with the first offense. And those people are going to be under the control of Missouri probation and parole. And so you want to make sure you give them notice. And then you want to make sure that if there's any other party that's had anything to do with you throughout the process, they've been noticed up in the expungement. That's the most important thing that you can do. And then doing notice correctly. And how you can do notice is you can do it via certified mail. Now, the clerk's office theoretically should assist you in doing this, but you're going to have to take some initiative and go through that process and make sure that there's been certified mail of the petition sent to each of those parties so that they can re, uh, respond back within 30 days. Now, the parties that receive notice that an individual is applying for expungement or petitioning for expungement, can they then come and voice opposition to it, it in the process? Yes, they can. So I've had what's called contested hearings on expungements multiple times where they're either arguing that they don't believe this person warrants an expungement had situations where victims have come in and testified saying, you know, I don't think this person deserves an expungement based upon I was the victim of the crime. And it's still fresh in their mind. I've also had the attorney general's office argue that the it doesn't meet the statutory requirements, which then I get to go to the court of appeals and have fun arguments that way. So it's it's complicated. It's and it has a lot to do with the law just being new is that we're still working out everything, finding the minutia in the text and kind of going from there. Sounds like you need a lawyer for this. I would say that I'd strongly encourage getting a lawyer and I'd strongly encourage contacting your local bar about finding somebody who might be able to, if you do not have the financial means of finding pro bono representation. Do you anticipate any expansion of the law beyond this? It's a really good question. Yes, I hope the law gets expanded to involve more crimes. That being said, I really hope the law becomes more of a true expansion law in the sense that you don't have to disclose in really any situations, unless there's a federal mandate that you have to disclose. 
I think that can happen. And I think that's probably what the legislator really intended to do. Uh, there's just, there's that contradictory language that says this is a re- restoration of true rights, which we heard, we heard the representative, you know, who was pushing this through the house come in here and say, that's what we were really trying to get after was trying to restore everybody's rights. But in the other hand, you have it, well, you have to disclose it in these situations. I believe Missouri is going to follow other states, which come back and go through the process and say, okay, we're going to go, we're going to make this a true expungement and you're not going to have to disclose this in any situations. The other thing that I'm really hopeful for is that Missouri follows suit with states like California, which have just issued blanket expungements for certain types of crimes. And maybe that's just a low level or marijuana offense or a felony uh, marijuana offense. It's going to take money out of my pocket, but that's okay. I wanted the ability for people to have that expungement without having to go through the process. Now it's going to be complicated. It's going to require a significant amount of judicial resources, but it would serve the public interest without having to go through the pomp and parade of the expungement process that we have set up right now, which is requiring the petition. And I think that's probably something that eventually happens. Missouri, though, is on the cutting edge with this expungement law. Most states don't have such a sweeping expungement law as Missouri has right now. Is there an appeal process in the expungement? There is. Um, and this is a traditional civil appeal process where you would go up to the uh, the district court that you're in. If you're here in Branson and you lose your expungement, you could theoretically, you could appeal that. You could also come back and you could file it again in a year, which I'd probably go with the latter. Just try, try to get your ducks in a row, have it all put together so that and you can file it back in a year and try again at that point in time, unless you have a very direct issue that you think you can win on appeal. Just the appellate process is kind of a gamble. And then you could preclude yourself from being able to file again in the future, depending on what the decision is. Can you see a time when this would be a big enough issue that there would be, as, as we now have drug courts and veterans courts, would there be an expungement court in every circuit or series of circuits? I don't foresee there being a expungement court per se. I do foresee there being a more streamlined process that's set up in every jurisdiction to help get the expungements in and out of the court using that circuit's own rules. And from a rural jurisdiction to, you know, one of the bigger city jurisdictions, they're already doing them differently. And that's why it's really important to consult with the attorney in that jurisdiction or the best friend in any courthouse, the clerk. Uh, talk to the clerk about what the process is going to be and the judge's clerk to get advice on how they like to go through the expungement process. If you have all your ducks in a row and met all the criteria from filing the petition to a final decision on expungement, how long does that process take through the court system? The quickest I've done it is eight weeks. And so I've been able to get an expungement from the moment they walked into my door to getting a final order that I've sent out to all the parties in eight weeks. I'd say the the traditional time period is about three months. Uh, Would be if you have everything in a row, just with the net nature of objections, with the nature of courts, that's how long it's going to take. And is there any bit of advice that you give all your clients that walk through the door who want to talk to you about expungements? Be patient. All right. Understand that this is a new law. That this isn't going to happen right away. Also, be patient about whether or not you're eligible for expungement. And so if somebody just says you're not eligible for expungement, you don't have to take their word for it. Consult with another attorney about whether or not you're truly eligible for expungement because there's avenues to sometimes open up an individual who might seem like they wouldn't be eligible for a felony expungement. I'll give you an example of one of my clients who I just had the other day. They came in and they said, you know, I I was told I wasn't eligible for expungement because I had these two misdemeanors within a seven-year window, and that would preclude me from getting back and doing a felony expungement. And so one of the things I told them is that I think we can maybe get this done for you quicker 
if we actually go through and we do two petitions to expunge. We do the first petition to expunge where we expunge those misdemeanors. And then that opens up the door to being able to come back and expunge the felony because there's no requirement that once those misdemeanors are expunged that you have to disclose those the, the next, the second expungement when you're trying to expunge that felony. So you just, you want to find a lawyer who will be creative for you, uh, try to find an avenue to be successful to get your expungement done. But that also requires being patient. It sounds like an evolving issue. We're going to probably have this issue up on this program again sometime soon, aren't we? I hope not. I hope, it, <laughs> I hope that it's an issue that the rules get set in stone a little bit more. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for being Thank with you. us on this edition of Is It Legal 2, which is a special production of the Missouri Bar. Scott Pearson has been with us today to update the expungement of some criminal records. We're glad to, we're glad to have you here. There are some resources that you might want to check whether you're involved in criminal proceedings or whether you have other legal questions. That's right, at MissouriLawyersHelp.org. That's MissouriLawyersHelp.org. You can find an array of information on various legal topics to help you better understand the law. Here's the Missouri Bar Citizenship Education Director, Tony Simons, to tell us more. For a moment, imagine that you've been convicted of a crime. It's not a horrible crime, but it's enough to brand you as a criminal. Imagine that you have acknowledged your crime and you've served the sentence imposed by law. Imagine that you've turned a new page and you live your life with a scrupulous commitment to obeying the law and doing the right thing. Now, imagine that with a few strokes of a keyboard or touches of a smartphone, anyone can learn of your past crime. That no matter how hard you try, you can never overcome that label of criminal that you will never again enjoy the full range of rights possessed by others, that opportunities to better your life and the life of your family will be foreclosed. This scenario prompts a question. Does the Constitution have a position on redemption? Admittedly, expungement is not a topic that has received extensive constitutional consideration, but its intent and objectives bring to mind a number of constitutional principles. Expungement is consistent with one of the Supreme Court's most famous pronouncements on punishment, that the application of the Constitution should reflect evolving standards of decency that mark the progress of a maturing society. The work of the Missouri legislature can be seen as the epitome of these evolving standards of making revisions in the law to address changes in our society. In the modern world of smartphones, Huge databases and searchable governmental websites, very few of our legal failures remain private. In some cases, that's a good thing. However, when dealing with relatively minor crimes, this reality could prevent someone deserving of a second chance from having such an opportunity. In Coker versus Georgia, the United States Supreme Court held that the Constitution bars not only barbaric punishment, but also punishment that is excessive. The court identified as excessive a punishment that makes no measurable contribution to acceptable goals of punishment and hence is nothing more than the purposeless and needless imposition of pain and suffering. In the situations encompassed by Missouri's expungement reform, making people who have served their sentence and have subsequently lived in accordance with the law for years to continue to pay the consequences for their crimes makes no measurable contribution to the acceptable goals of punishment. In fact, the opposite is true. 
The goals of punishment have been met. The sentence has been served and rehabilitation has occurred. To make these people continue to feel the sting of their transgressions fits the court's characterization of purposeless and needless imposition of pain and suffering. Although there is no constitutional right to expungement, states like Missouri that enshrine the process of expungement into their legal codes are acting in a manner consistent with the highest ideals of our constitutional system. Nothing further, Your Honor. The more you know about the laws that impact your daily life, the better decisions you'll be able to make about your life, your family, and your finances. I'm Farah Fight. I'm Bob Pradeep, and join us for another edition of Is It Legal Too? A service of the Missouri Bar.